It's been hard to narrow down who South Carolina's next offensive coordinator is going to be, but after seeing some news from yesterday afternoon, we can cross one of those names officially off of the list. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecocks sports teams. I am your host, Andrew Lyon, and as always, thank you for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first watch or listen here today. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Before I continue, just want to say I apologize if my voice doesn't sound so great on today's show. I will not lie. I'm pretty stuffed up right now. I'm going to hope to gosh that it is just seasonal allergies, which I do deal with every time the seasons get ready to change, and not something worse than that because we've got a lot going on, of course, with South Carolina football right now especially. And one of those topics has been South Carolina's open offensive coordinator position. Obviously, it's now been a week and a half since Offensive coordinator Marcus Satterfield announced that he was going to be leaving to take the same position at Nebraska under the Cornhuskers' new head coach in Matt Rule. So, since then, of course, the fan base has all wanted to know who's in the running for this position. What are some of the names that South Carolina are going after? And who are some of maybe the front runners for the job? And... To be honest with y'all, it's been hard to really get a gauge on all of that because to this point, honestly, Shane Beamer has remained pretty tight-lipped, understandably, about the position. And while he's obviously not going to let everyone and their brother know, you know, where he is in the entire process, usually after it's been about a week, week and a half since a move like last week was made with Marcus Satterfield leaving... You usually at this point have heard a couple names that, again, might be sort of the quote-unquote leaders in the clubhouse for this position, especially because, as we've now discussed on this show, this position is highly coveted this time around, especially compared to when Shane Beamer was making his initial hire back in the 2020 offseason. But honestly, right now, it's not been easy to figure out who that front runner is. I don't think that it is going to be a Garrett Riley. Again, I just don't see that kind of move happening. Kendall Browse is probably one of the top candidates on the board for this position because of the experience he brings from this conference. But again, you know, with everything going on with recruiting right now, the transfer portal and the upcoming bowl game, you know, Either things are moving very slowly and Shane Beamer is casting a very wide net in order to make sure that he really has the right guy, or maybe he's already made some moves behind the scenes and it's one of these situations where only him, Athletic Director Ray Tanner, and maybe the secretary who's getting all the phone calls all know who he is talking to. It could be one of those situations as well. So 
I can understand if some of y'all have been maybe coming on to the show and you've been frustrated because there hasn't been a whole lot of talk around the offensive coordinator spot recently. So I kind of wanted to just, again, rehash all that to let y'all know that I understand. And I promise you, I am looking on Twitter. I'm looking online. I am scouring the interwebs and social media to find any tidbits that I can, reliable tidbits, in order to try and see if there's anybody that maybe South Carolina is leaning towards hiring. But again, it's just been very tight-lipped up to this point. However, there is one name that has been mentioned on this show before that you can now officially cross off the list. You don't have to worry about you know, losing any sleep over whether or not this guy might or might not be hired by South Carolina now. As former Florida Coach Dan Mullen joined Chris Childers and Rick Neuheisel on ESPNU Radio on Tuesday afternoon. And while they had the former Florida coach on there, they just went ahead and asked him, you know, hey, there's been some rumblings about you potentially being tied to South Carolina's offensive coordinator position that is open right now. What do you have to say about all that? And in his response to their question, Dan Mullen said, quote, They're going to hire a great offensive coordinator. It's just not going to be me. So there you go. Dan Mullen has officially shut down all of the rumors that have been going around surrounding him potentially taking South Carolina's offensive coordinator position. And obviously, I know that some of y'all are probably going to sit there and say, well, Andrew, just because he comes out and ends up saying that, you know, he's not taking the job, doesn't mean definitively that he actually isn't going to take it because obviously there have been coaches before that have said pretty much the same thing. You know, I'm not going to take X job and then turn around a few days later and they took that job. Nick Saban was probably the most famous example because there were rumblings that were going rampant down in Miami in his last year with the Miami Dolphins back in 2006 as Alabama was looking for a new head coach during that time. And at one point, Nick Saban, during one of his press conferences, he finally just stood up there and he said, look, I guess I just got to go ahead and say it. I'm not taking the Alabama head coaching job, or at least he said something to that effect. So, yes, there is a possibility that maybe Dan Mullen's just saying no, just to sort of quiet down all of the talk surrounding these rumors. But I think because he went on a nationally syndicated radio station and gave this answer seemingly in a definitive manner to Rick Neuheisel and Chris Childers, I think that it's fair to say at this point that you can officially go ahead and move on from Dan Mullen. It does not seem like that he is going to be the next offensive coordinator at South Carolina. So again, I promise y'all I'm trying to stay up to date as much as I can with everything that's going on currently with South Carolina's offensive coordinator search. And obviously, with the transfer portal and everything that's going on in that realm right now, there is a lot of news to ingest. It's like literally drinking water from a fire hydrant right now. So, um, again, hopefully there's going to be some developments in this regard fairly soon. Again, I am very confident in what I said at the very beginning of this entire process, which is I do believe that realistically speaking, with everything that's going on right now, Shane Beamer is going to probably try to have a hire sometime close to when South Carolina begins their bowl practices, which the official start date for that entire slate is going to be December the 15th, which is officially eight days from today. So again, I don't know that definitively, but I definitely don't think that Shane Beamer wants to wait any longer going into 
game prep for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish and nearing the end of the transfer portal window that we're currently in right now to make an official hire. I don't think he's going to wait that long. So again, we'll see what all happens with that. But that is the latest on South Carolina's offensive coordinator. Now, I have a question to ask all of you real quick. When looking at this program as it stands right now and comparing it to where it was two years ago, how would you evaluate aspects like the culture in the building, the recruiting that's been done by Shane Beamer and this staff, and the team's overall message now that they deliver these days compared to what was delivered back in the Will Muschamp tenure? I want you all to think about all that for the next couple minutes because we're going to dive into all of those different topics in just a few moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. But before I do jump into that conversation, I do want to let y'all know that today's show is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. Now, if you're a small business owner or manager, you might be feeling a little bit of pressure right now because it is the holiday season. And obviously, with the holiday season comes the holiday shopping rush. And with the holiday shopping rush, you might have some employees that are stretched razor thin in terms of their current responsibilities. And so you might be looking to hire some new people for at least the holiday season. And who knows, maybe even have these hires carry over into the new year from this point forward. And obviously that could be a very stressful process. Well, if you find yourself in that current position, listen to me real closely. There's an easy way to get around this entire situation. And that is by using LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team, both faster and for free. When you use LinkedIn Jobs, you can create a job post in minutes to reach both your own personal network and a worldwide professional network consisting of 810 million people. You can also add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame on your profile, which helps to find the right people that fit the job description to a T using tools like screening questions to filter through candidates and populate the right team member to help you finish out this year strong. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus other leading competitors in the industry. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions still apply. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. I want to thank you all for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen today. Now, for your next listen, I would like for you to go check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, where the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day all take place. The Locked On Sports Today podcast is available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. All right, now let's get into this program, the football program being led by Shane Beamer and where it currently stands right now today. So when looking at where this program is right now, in the two years since Shane Beamer was hired back on December 6, 2020, this football program is in a much, much better spot compared to where it was at the end of the Will Muschamp tenure. Now, when looking at the locker room culture at the end of Will Muschamp's tenure, the culture was more of a me 
not we mentality. Now, I get this straight from a video that was posted by South Carolina's social media team after Shane Beamer's first season concluded here at South Carolina. Because at the beginning of the video, and I wish that I could have found the video in order to be able to play that portion of the clip back to all of you, but to say at the time of all that, Shane Beamer basically said in a team meeting that was filmed to the team that when he got here, he asked all of the players, what is the biggest problem around here right now? What is basically holding this team back from being able to realize its true potential? And he told the players in that meeting that the number one most prevailing answer that he got from all the players was that there was too much of a me mentality and not as much of a we mentality in the locker room. Basically, guys were playing for themselves at that point in time. They weren't playing for one another. And it seemed like that there was a point late in the Will Muschamp tenure with everything going off the rails, considering the fact that they only won four games in 2019 and would go on to win just two games in 2020, that the players were not holding each other accountable, at least on the field, from what I can recall. And that partly was because, again, these guys were mainly going out there and they were playing for themselves. And there was a pretty big reason, at least in my eyes, why this had become the case. Because when Will Muschamp was here in Columbia with his coaching staff, there was one main message that he and his staff constantly were putting out there to recruits who were looking at coming to South Carolina. And that message was basically, you come to South Carolina, I'm going to get you developed, or this position coach is going to get you developed. And collectively, we are going to make you a high-level NFL draft pick. Now, there's nothing wrong with the message itself. The message is a good supplementary message, a good secondary message that a lot of programs are able to utilize. Programs like Alabama, now like Georgia, like Florida, and I guess recently to a certain extent, the Clemson Tigers themselves. South Carolina is able to use that message, especially for certain positions. But the thing is, you cannot let that be the driving force behind your platform when you're trying to make a pitch to the 16, 17-year-old kids who are very impressionable at the time and try to tell them that's why they should come to South Carolina. You just can't do that. Now, logic would tell probably the majority of you that you shouldn't do that, but Will Muschamp and his staff operate that way anyway. For Shane Beamer, his locker room culture is... Above all else, love our brother. And it's very simple. It's an environment where everybody cares about the guys that are around them. The players now hang out with one another outside of the building more often. Not just when they're in their meetings, or maybe they're in practices, or obviously when they're at these games. Players are also more willing now to, you know, take other players under their wing, hold guys more accountable, at the same time, pick each other up when they're in their lowest moments. You see that a lot more now around this football team than you did just three, four years ago with South Carolina when they were being led by Will Muschamp. And the message now from Shane Beamer and this staff is, look, you come to South Carolina, here's what we can promise you. We're going to treat you like you're our own kin. You will be treated like family. You will enjoy your time here. 
You're going to love the guys that you're going to play with. But at the same time, we're going to build up a trust bank with you, and we're going to lean back on that trust bank to ask a lot out of you on the practice field and on game day to try to get the very best out of you and push you to be the best version of yourself because we want to have some fun, but we also want to win. That's something that is resonating so much more with players today than Will Muschamp's message, which again was very individual-based. Now, that is how the culture and message has changed since Shane Beamer took over back on December 6, 2020. Now, what about the recruiting comparison between Will Muschamp and Shane Beamer? How has he been doing in that department? Well, when looking at just 24-7 sports composite rankings, which is basically an average of all of the recruiting services out there, the major ones, they're both doing the same right now in this regard. Will Muschamp over his first two years with full recruiting classes in 2017 and 2018, those classes ranked 21st and 18th. For Shane Beamer, when looking at the 2022 and 2023 class, which is getting ready to sign here very soon, as long as there's no massive changes there, Shane Beamer's first two classes are going to rank 24th and 15th. And the average ranking for both Muschamp and Beamer for both of their first two recruiting cycles comes out to be the same, an average ranking of 19 and a half. Now, when looking at recruiting, the question that we need to ask with Shane Beamer is, with everything he's done up to this point in his tenure, can he continue to recruit this well? I think that he can, because when you look at the positives he has to offer, obviously, he's got tangible on-field progress now that he can point to, not just hope and a vision. He does have the culture that is now firmly in place. Again, above all else, love your brother. It is a brotherhood. We are a family here. And that is the way it's going to be inside and outside of this building with this football team. The transfer portal success stories now. He can point to Spencer Rattler overcoming the adversity of his college football journey. Nate Atkins, coming from East Tennessee State, is probably now a very likely NFL draft prospect because of what he's done the last few games. You've got other guys like Antoine Wells, who has blown up this year, was playing at an FCS program just a year ago, although James Madison is a very good program in and of itself. He went all the way from that to the SEC and became the second best wide receiver in the conference in terms of receiving yards. Pretty remarkable accomplishment and feat there. So you look at all that, yeah, I think he can continue to recruit well. Now, obviously, you need to continue to stack up these building blocks continue to elevate the stature of the program to where you're perceived as a championship contender. They are on the precipice of this. They are getting closer, but they need one more good season where maybe they trump expectations nationally one more time before everyone finally sits down and says, okay, you know what? We don't know what the heck we're talking about clearly. South Carolina is a championship contender. We need to face that fact. I wish they'd say that now, but again, people are not going to say that just quite yet two years in. Also, NIL. Obviously, South Carolina has found some unique ways through Park Avenue, the Adlius GM program, and a couple of other things as well to help broker deals for their football players. But the NIL collectives, they might be lagging behind a little bit. They need to pick it up a little bit in that aspect. The university, I think, needs to embrace that a little bit more personally. If I was judging that compared to some of the other programs in the conference and even within the state, admittedly. So, Overall, the program, when looking at recruiting, when looking at the overall message and the team culture, it is in a much better spot now 
two years since Shane Beamer's hired than it was before he ever got here. So the program is still trending on the up and up. And sometimes you got to stand back and, you know, just reflect on everything that has happened up to this point. Because, yes, there is sometimes some bad days like there were on Monday, but there's been a lot more good than bad around this program recently. So something important to keep in mind throughout this offseason. Now, there are multiple Gamecocks who performed quite well in 2022, and because of that, they're earning conference and national honors. Who are these players? I'm going to talk about those guys in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. But before I touch on that, I do want to let y'all know that today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online has set the line for the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl between the Gamecocks and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish at three and a half points in favor of the Irish. And they have the over under set at 52 and a half points. So, if you think maybe that Spencer Rattler is going to torch the Irish's secondary, but maybe South Carolina's rush defense has a little bit of trouble containing Notre Dame's ground attack, you might take the over on that 52.5. If you think that Notre Dame's quarterback situation will affect them more than people realize, then pick the Gamecocks to cover. If you think that South Carolina is just so scorching hot right now that it doesn't matter who they play, they're going to win, take the Gamecocks to win outright. BetOnline continues to be your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there because BetOnline has got it all. And if you love sports podcasts like the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, you can find those at BetOnline as well. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix in. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more because BetOnline is where the game starts. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. South Carolina has seen a couple of players earn some really big honors over the last few days, as some of these postseason award lists have started to trickle out. So let's start off with Nick Emmonworry, who so far is the most decorated player on this football team. Nick Emmonwary was named an all-freshman team selection by Pro Football Focus. He's also been named a freshman All-American selection according to On 3's Charles Powers, the director of scouting for On 3. And Nick Emmonwary was also named a second-team freshman All-American by the College Football News Network. In conjunction with his teammate DQ Smith, who was named a third-team freshman All-American selection by the College Football News Network. Both of these guys obviously have done a lot for this team in their first season here at South Carolina. Nick Emigori started the last 11 games of the regular season after R.J. Roderick, of course, went down with that upper body injury in Game 1 against Georgia State. And D.Q. Smith was thrusted into action in Week 3 against Georgia and started every game from that point forward. So... Both of these guys started 22 regular season games collectively. Nick Emmonwary was the leading tackler on this team, and I think he was the second leading tackler in the entire conference, if I'm not mistaken, which is, again, just quite remarkable for a true freshman, a defensive back at that to pull off. DQ Smith, I believe, was the fourth best tackler on the squad, and I believe was third on the team in pass breakups. So, 
Needless to say, again, both of these guys making a big impact. It's really cool to see two South Carolina natives who are just getting after it back there in the defensive secondary at just the start of their careers. Nick Amenwari, I've said this before, I'll say it again, he is a Sunday guy. You do not have to watch too many games in order to see that. He will have his name called during the NFL draft at some point two, three years down the line. DQ Smith, um, fantastic start to his career. If he continues to progress, I can see the same thing happening for him. So the future is bright back there in that secondary for South Carolina, especially with who they have now and who they could have coming in during this next offseason. Now some other postseason nods to mention real quick. Antoine Juice-Wells and Kai Kruger were both named first-team All-SEC selections by the coaches on Tuesday afternoon. Well-deserved for both of these guys. Antoine Wells, again, was the second-best receiver in the conference in terms of receiving yards. I believe he had around 900 receiving yards in total. And uh, Kai Kroger, you know, the guy who got snubbed for the Ray Guy Award, being a part of that final group, yeah, the leader in the conference in terms of average punt yards. I believe sitting around 46.8 average yards per punt. So, there was no question. Both of these guys deserve to be first-team All-SEC selections. Congratulations to both of those guys. And obviously, if you're a Gamecock fan, you're going to hope to see Antoine Wells sitting up in the Garden Black again this next season. And who knows? Kai Kroger's done so well this year. I'm not kidding when I say this. He could probably go pro if he wanted to. I know some of y'all are going to laugh at that, but I'm just saying there have been punters that have declared earlier before, and they've been drafting like the 5th, 6th, 7th round, which for a punter is a pretty good deal right there. So, again... If you're South Carolina, you hope both of these guys come back, do the same exact thing this next season. Javon Gwynn and Hunter Rogers were both named second-team All-SEC selections by the SEC coaches. Hunter Rogers in particular, props to him because he got thrust into the lineup in Game 1 because, just got to be honest, Matthew Bailey was struggling at that long snapper spot. He did this last year, did it in Game 1 this year, and Pete Limbaugh, I think, just finally decided, you know what, I'm going to give Hunter Rogers a chance, let him go out there and see what he can do. Hunter Rogers has been phenomenal. He's been phenomenal, of course, with his snaps. I don't think there's been really a bad, bad snap all year that's led to a botched PAT or field goal attempt up to this point. And he's been really good in his punt coverage as well, getting down there, making sure that the ball is getting down appropriately, and also being right around the primary return guy for the opposing team. Hunter Rogers has been a really big part of that, and it does not get highlighted enough. So Hunter Rogers. Props to you. Congrats on earning this nod. Javon Gwynn, what else is there to say about him? He's been a leader on this offensive line for the last several years now. Been a three- or four-year starter here at South Carolina. This offensive line group is going to miss Javon Gwynn a great deal when he moves on and attempts to take his shot at going on and having a lengthy career in the NFL. So, Javon Gwynn, congratulations to you as well. All four Gamecocks, well-deserving of these nods right here and again, South Carolina's going to hope to get Antoine Wells back and Kai Kroger. And who knows? There could be a few more that maybe trickle out for some of these guys on this team over the coming days. So with that being said, that's going to do it for today's show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show as always. What are y'all's thoughts on the offensive coordinator search? What are your thoughts on Dan Mullen seemingly now taking his name out of contention for the position? Also, what are your thoughts on what Shane Beamer has done with multiple aspects of the program so far in the first two years he has been here in Columbia? And what are your thoughts on all of South Carolina's players who have earned some of these 
national and regional awards at the end of the regular season. Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section. If you're watching today's show on YouTube, you can also shoot me a direct message at a line underscore SC on Twitter. I'll respond to it as quickly as I see it. And once again, don't forget to make Locked On Sports today your second listen now that you have listened to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. But again, thank you all so much for tuning into the show. Sorry for my nasally voice. Hopefully it will be better over the coming days. And again, it's just seasonal allergies to say the least. But have a great rest of your Wednesday. I'll catch you all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.